Welcome to Hashtag Wolves in the sixth episode of the season. I'm your host, Noah, and always I'm here with my co-host, Will in the Wolves Den. How are we doing? Great to have you back. Yeah, it's great to be back. Um, it is our D-Rose episode, Noah. We're launching episode 25, which means I know that you'd be excited by this. We're only 37% of the way into our Taj Gibson episode. I think I might have actually pulled out a calculator to understand what that comment meant when I read the notes. Yeah, and it turns out you just need to divide the two and multiply by 100 to get a percentage. So <laughs> it didn't even take that long to crank through that. So, But we're not a math podcast, so... yeah. Honestly, this is big not just for us, but for the fans, so shout out to all of you. And sneaky ad time, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe and rate five stars on your phone as well as your extended families over the holidays. There's going to be a lot of opportunities to grab grandma and grandpa's phone. They don't even know what a podcast is. Slap that podcast app, type in hashtag wolves, slam the five stars, maybe even leave a little bit of a review. No harm, no foul, right? I think it's like there's no burner accounts for podcast apps, which would be sweet because you have your like front facing one, which is like, oh, I listen to stuff on the news and getting healthy. But your burner account is just like crime (laughs) stories and lots and lots of barstool sports. So it's like your grandparents is your burner account for your podcast app. And I did forget to mention download Venmo if they don't already have it. You know, somehow get grandma and grandpa's debit or bank information and Venmo yourself $5 and pat yourself on the back for doing a good job. Yeah. Just like, hey, hit me with that SSN and I really need to rate and review hashtag wolves. I think we've got a good (laughs) like Ponzi scheme type thing going on here. Well, anywho, (laughs) (laughs) I think, yeah, back to business. This is a Timberwolves podcast and we have three games to cover from a pretty electric uh, holiday week. Uh, Wolves were bouncing around, as we'll talk about a little bit, kind of like visiting their family across the NBA. And for the most part, I'd say it was pretty successful. We've got the Wednesday game against Denver, Friday game at Brooklyn, and Saturday game home against the Bulls. Watch out, that one's a back-to-back. And then we want to mention that there was some drama on Twitter. Just put it out there. We will circumvent, we'll kind of work around the point we may be releasing a... Typed White Howard into your Google machine. Yes. And you'll understand. Yeah, and don't type stats or anything like that. Don't type Orlando Magic highlights. It's just tempting Dwight. to type basketball <laughs> reference after every Google search. Yes, exactly. Just type Dwight Howard and you can thank us later, but we're not going to touch it in this pod for lack of a better word. So um, I'm going to take it from there and just jump right into our game against the Nuggets, kind of like Jeff Teague dribbling out the 24 seconds of the shot clock. Noah, the game against the Nuggets was a really awesome game. Kind of gritty, pretty fun, but the Wolves end up not pulling out the W. I mentioned Jeff Teague. He really struggled, didn't score the ball well, was turning it over. And as the game continued on, we had a really awful third quarter where we were outscored 35-18. to No, sorry, really awful second quarter, but then the bench brought us back in the third quarter. Shout out to Gorgie Jang. He was bringing a lot of big man energy, kind of shuffling around, making plays, and it was awesome to see them bring us back into the game. I appreciate a shout out, but I think he was pretty much in debt to us at this point. Yeah, shout out to him for like earning back some of his equity. But then ultimately in the fourth quarter, we lost it with bad defense. That's kind of some of the grittiness roller coaster that I was speaking to. 
ultimately I'd call it a moral victory because Towns annihilated Paul Millsap from like the NBA history books with his dunk. According to Sports Center, we won. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's all that matters in my book, especially if you've been listening to this podcast. I am the BuzzFeed of the Minnesota Timberwolves. So some of the notable stars from the game for the Wolves, Towns had 22, he played solid. Rose with another really good game, he had 20. And Covington shot the ball really well from three, he had 16. For the Nuggets, Millsap, he had 25. Murray had 18. Harris had 17. Jokic flirted with a triple-double. So they they really balanced the ball well. Is that seven, seven points? Don't mean to call you out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so I think if you win when Jokic scores, if they win when Jokic scores seven, something something happened, right? Like that's If you hold Jokic to seven points, you should be able to hold Millsap to under 25, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, exactly. But part of what makes Jokic so unique is he had seven, but... 10 assists and 12 rebounds like that's true yeah I mean, those he's are obviously really, worth something he's really balanced and their whole offense was really balanced it was it was tough to score against them they ran us off the three-point line played kind of smothering defense i was hoping to i could mention the opiate of the masses for probably the timberwolves and any sort of athletic event is the i can make your hands clap by fits in the tantrums I honestly don't really engage with a lot of the sort of MC, like, everybody stand up. Yeah. <laughs> but then that song comes on, I, I do it. Turns out you're not, like, contractually obligated to say, like, <laughs> way and they go, but But I think we should actually implement it a little bit more that wolves are very clever about their timing. So there was one moment where there was a three for Jokic, and they always say, like, the opponent's score really in a dull tone. So mm-hmm. just like Jokic for three, and instantly the soundbite guy goes with, I can make your hands clap. <laughs> and I instantly was in a better mood. And I think like you do the same thing with like bees are dying at an alarming rate. And when they come in with everybody clap your hands. So news outlets, I think the New York Times just in their paper should just type that out. Like global warming, everybody clap your hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And everyone feels better. So ultimately wolves don't get the win but i came out of there clapping my hands and towns had the dunk so moral victory on all fronts moral victory yeah then we carried all that clapping momentum to the friday game against the nets and picked up a solid w with like a 12 p.m tip time or a noon tip so yeah jim pete and dave Benz were going back and forth arguing if the wolves have ever won a noon game and some guy like obviously phoned in through their earpiece that he had gone to a game in japan where they did win at noon so sometimes I, I love the lulls in like broadcast where they get to talk about this stuff but yeah a lot of great reporting there like hey there was an overseas game once where the wolves won oh wow really insightful and now we've passed it on to you our listeners i want to do a quick shout out taj he was balling uh, he had first 12 points in the first half, and the Wolves end up eking out a lead, building it up, and it kind of dwindles down towards the end, as it always does in Wolves fashion, but we get the win really by forcing turnovers and scoring a lot on the break, which was pretty fun to watch. A couple players to highlight for the Wolves, Rose had 25 on 11 of 17 shooting, so pretty solid and efficient. Towns had 21, and Taj... 16 points on six of seven shooting. So just lots of really smart, efficient shooting. I feel like shooting. he gets the six of seven stat line a lot. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think he just goes just for make it. make one more shot. Like, don't he, miss the last shot. And he's from Brooklyn, I think, as they were talking about yep. on the broadcast. That, that's the reason behind the 67 jersey. Yeah. So it was kind of cool to see him get some shine while he was sort of in his hometown. 
on the net side, Dinwiddie had 18, Harris had 18, and Carroll had 13. There weren't a lot of stars to speak of. Um, they got Towns in some early foul trouble, but when he came back in, it was fun to watch because he just kind of bodied whoever was on him. Yeah, I think both the headline of the Bucks and Brooklyn is that you did what you need to do, right? The headline isn't, we took down the Nets or we took down the Bulls. In this game, at the very least, it's holy crap. We actually got a road win, right? Yeah. And the Wolves, it was actually our first win on the road. Wow, great great job by you there, Noah. You know. Yeah, so the Wolves have not been doing well on the road, and hopefully it leads to good trend against teams that are better than the Nets, hopefully. Yeah, I almost felt like it was uh, not a preseason for this group of guys, but it, it showed that we can, even when things might not be looking that smooth or that great, we can beat the Nets and the Bulls, and we can say that we're pretty definitively better than those teams and i think in an odd clunky clumsy way we proved it this week yeah i think the wolves kind of forced their will on the nets sort of did on the bulls too at uh saturday night i feel like both these games we almost tried to lose them but we we're so much better than them or have so much more talent than them i'll say that it eventually exhibited itself i love the positivity keep, keep yeah, going yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the end all three of the games this week were moral victories but for the Bulls game, this was the third night in four days, three cities. But we pulled out the win. Wolves were all, the star. The Bulls were also back to back, so stuff evens out. So the, the TNT type grabby headlines, I guess, cancel each other out. Have we tracked the flight times yeah, and yeah. how many miles, miles were racked up and all that? Um, we'll run a linear regression and then quick insert it into this pod. Jet lag is a thing. Yeah, yeah. So, cat, honestly. The theme of this game when I was watching, the first three quarters were an embarrassing game. Bulls of Suns-type level team talent-wise. And then we finally, like Cat finally woke up in the fourth quarter and sort of just took over. I guess that's why I'm not being as positive as as I could be. But we just beat two crappy teams. And then that, I guess that's the expectation. And we lost the Nuggets, which you could... You can make a narrative around how that's not the worst thing ever, right? Mm-hmm. So I think we were, did what we were supposed to do, and it was weird that we didn't really wake up until the fourth quarter. But we were still able to capitalize it. In the end, you win by 15, and that's obviously a very good thing. As for Rose, I think he's sort of making his... The headline would be that he's grabbing his sixth man of the year spot, as yep. for now. I, I, even I, who always has viewed Rose as sort of a Jamal Crawford or Shabazz Muhammad type, just shoots all the time type guy high volume shooter he's turned into someone who can be efficient from behind the line does these impressive just acrobatic twos at the basket but then has also i think he's shown an ability to know when to pass Mm -hmm. you know like a lot of times t go dribble to five six seven seconds rose i think is he's kind of limited himself to dribbling for five to seven seconds more so than most but then kick it out especially if he sees like a cut or something and i think it also helps that we have guys like roco it's weird game to highlight him because he put the crap this game yeah but jim pete had a good point that he's been sort of he his usage percentage is the lowest on the team last i checked which is insane given how good he is so he's been sort of the silent guy and he he knows when he has that open shot or he knows when he has that cut and he knows when to shoot I think having those guys in partnership with Rose is almost invaluable because if, like I've said before, if you partnered Rose with Jamal Crawford and Shabazz on the court, I think it would turn the into chaos pretty soon. Who do you who do you guard in that situation, right? <laughs> How many times can you shoot in one possession? Yeah. So, all that saying, we got the win. 
Rose is just he's pretty unstoppable, especially when you're referencing against bench players, right? He's on a great run right now too. So and and he's kept it up pretty consistently over games. There hasn't he hasn't just dropped the ball like Wiggins did in this game. Oh for twelve, and then I hear on Reddit and other sources that he sort of just went into the locker room and or cat gave a quote saying you know this these types of games that happen everyone we laugh it off it's whatever but if you look at what his mean stat line is or just a stat line for that matter that's what he's going to revert to and that's not good either mm-hmm. lebron james goes over 12 it's rare it's going to be on espn but does it really mean much probably not because there's 82 games all this stuff but when you couple wiggins with a max contract a terrible stat line and going over 12 in this game what 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 are we supposed to really say and i you almost want someone to yell at him in the locker room right like you want cat to say like he's got to step up yeah that's where you need some veteran leadership that maybe brings a little bit of fire the other thing in addition to the over 12 is he had one rebound and one assist so like if you're not shooting well maybe work the ball around or crash the glass. Like when I'm playing basketball and my shot's not falling, I know it happens. I think like, I'm just going to set hard screens and try to take charges. Like you've seen it before. I start out every game thinking I'm Michael Jordan and I end with like, I'm Corey Brewer. I fill a role. I know what I'm going to do. So yeah. And I, I do believe a little bit in the shoot till you're hot. You're not, you shouldn't let a sample size of 10 missed shots or something in a game overtake what you're doing so i think you should have kept playing the same way but at the same time miss those 12 shots whatever but in addition go do something else Mm -hmm. go hustle for a loose ball go rip an o-board get a steal and none of these things that i'm listing are things that wiggins does so it's just that more frustrating we're covington when you're three and d guy and you go one for 18 in this game but you've played well in other games with us so far and you're known for your defense we're fine like, right. right because you've already done enough things to sort of mitigate that one and 18 aspect and we know you're hustling because what we've seen on the court but with wiggins it's just when you stir into these the pot this this laziness this sort of just complacency right mm-hmm. you kind of have to look at Owen and 12 and create a narrative around it yeah instead you, of calling it off night yeah you wonder like how much does his personality and his like seemingly outward sort of whatever attitude play into it so it's it's frustrating and it's it's easy to look into kind of what what it might mean and what goes on in the locker room yeah. after the but fact. regardless nice to play crappy and find a way to win right w yeah. is a w we got two of them and we're, we're putting something to, something together with this new unit so like kissing your sister or as jazz fans would say your second favorite wife wow so. <laughs> wow and that put us at two and one on the week kind of capture the vibe there like picked up some decent wins against some bad teams and had a moral victory against the nuggets because of that dunk so yeah any two wins that we can pick up at this point i think is solid especially as our new units starting to gel yep completely and the bulls it was nice to see levine again i think all the commentary and everything that we hear from the press is just overly positive about him Mm-hmm. so seriously wish him the best obviously he's going to get pressed when he's on the court against the wolves jabari parker 11 for, for 18 he's i feel like he had such a higher it's a wiggins type scenario yeah they're one and two in the draft but everyone else was playing like d-league players and we didn't even out shoot the bulls percentage wise but we got one 103 shots they're 80 yeah makes a big it was difference. just second chance points o boards classic stuff when you're just 
bigger, more talented, a better team. Yeah. Um, so overall, I guess that's all I really have to say about that game. Tyus finally had a normal game, one mm-hmm. for two, got some gritty steals. I think that's going to be his role going forward with Rose, but that's all we can ask for instead of ha- him having these one for five games. And he, he, was, he was never supposed to be inefficient, right? Yep. He was supposed to just take the shots when you stupid open because there's other guys on the court. And so to see his shooting percentage low this year, coupled with not doing the things he's usually good at, has really lowered his stock this year, even though I'm big on him. It's really strange to see because he seemed like a guy that could thrive with five minutes or with 20 minutes. And he just seemed like in a funk this year. And I'm not really sure what to attribute it to, but hopefully he picks it up because I do really like his game. And the starters always seem to play well when he's out there. Mm-hmm. And when you're a role player, you need to do your role, right? Mm-hmm. Towns has an off night in one of the stat columns, that's fine. But when you only live in one or two of them, it, you got to be there, right? I think the thing I want to talk about the most with this game is Akogi got one minute at the end of the game and yep. Tolliver gets zero total. Honestly, I don't usually don't get headline type mad and stuff, but it's just stupid. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you got dragged in, well, not like dragged into interacting with people on Twitter, but it was a big thing on Timberwolves Reddit, like, what is the deal with Kogi Wiggins, and Covington play really poorly? Like, couldn't he come in and provide energy? Like, he can miss 12 shots, too. I'm not even making an argument so far as that. It's that when you're up by 10, 15, 20. Yeah, that's true is there really much of a risk or a liability to put these guys in and get them seven or eight minutes of playing time? Mm-hmm. A minute is, I'd rather sit on the bench and I think almost every other person in the world would. Like when they're dribbling the ball down, to like dribbling the clock down and you're in the game. Yeah. It's just embarrassing. And I, th- I honestly feel like in Tibbs' mind, he was feeling like generous in the holiday season or something. Right, and he played Okogi so much before the butler trade it's so weird to just i mean we kind of predicted it though his rotation just snaps right back to like nine man rotation these are the guys that play and there's just no flexibility in it and i'm fine with the nine man rotation when the game is wire to wire right but in these situations you just have to do something or at least like throw him a bone right Mm -hmm. he's got even if they won't have a impact or you know push a W or L one way or another, you got to at least show them that you respect him, right? It's almost a relationship level type thing. Yeah, with those two. Yeah, because they deserve to be in a few nine mo- nine man rotations in the league, right? Yeah, you would think that they would crack the rotation somewhere else. And when you're winning pretty handily, you should be able to extend the bench. And like, let the starters celebrate other guys and let them get a some Kobe's valuable had a taste minutes. Of minutes. Tolliver was brought in four minutes. So, not that they were like crossed on their promises, but I, I think we should give some concessions to them. That's all. Yeah. I'm not asking for anything really more than that. Yeah, absolutely. And you had some stuff here too about where the Timberwolves players stack up and kind of how they're, how they're valued in relation to other people. Do you want to? jump into that a little bit yeah i'll quick read just every name super quick but this is just a ranking of box plus minus just how effective you are per minute more or less steals count for a few additional points points count for points turn the ball over get a little subtracted just trying to sum up who's the best player efficiency wise obviously if you play two minutes a game you're not going to rank high in other stats but the the ranking 
goes Butler, Gibson, Towns, Covington, Rose, Tolliver, Sarich, Dang, Teague, Jones, Wiggins, Nunnally, Akogi, Terrell, Bates, Diop, and Dang. And obviously, there's a lot of things we could break down here. But I think one that I mentioned was Taj and Covington being so close. I think it's harder. And and, and I want to reference that this is just the season so far, right? This, this is not if you asked either of us to make a list of your top 16 players on this team, this isn't how it would end up. No. Or like how it would be going forward. But I think that Taj and Covington going forward, they're really close on a lot of other metrics I've looked at. But obviously there's some consideration for Covington getting minutes and learning. Derek Rose being fifth on our team, that's exciting and it makes sense to me. He's been efficient and he's been getting minutes. I honestly don't have a lot of bad things to say about him, especially when compared to expectations. Well, and this is one of those stats, these first couple of things that you've mentioned, the stats match what you're seeing on the floor. Taj plays really efficiently, takes advantage of his minutes, so does Covington, and Rose has maybe been a little bit streaky, but much more consistent than expected. So that's and when you we- average just streaks out, they end up fine. Yeah, that's what puts him at five. I think the biggest thing I wanted to highlight was Akogi being, uh, what do we have, 13th here? It's because he doesn't shoot that great, and... These are all an aggregation of the game so far. So obviously there's trends, and I think Akogi played poorly, I guess, in his first few appearances and has been steadily getting better. So obviously you take that into consideration, but these stats don't. But he's 12 for 16 in shooting, 7 for 16 in rebound percentage, 11 for 16 in assist percentage, 8 for 16 in steals, 11 for 16 in blocks, 10 for 16 in turnovers. Like I told Will before the podcast, if you're not going to shoot well, you got to do something else. If you're Tyus and you're probably never going to shoot well or score a lot, you got to be getting that 20 to 30% assist percentage. You got to not turn the ball over a lot. You got to grab some steals. And those are the things he does. So I'm just waiting for either one of these levers sort of to shoot up, right? Mm-hmm. To make him sort of a go to player in a certain area. And what's exciting is that he's a rookie and he's able to hold his own and he's trending up, right? Like that's why people love him. And I love him too. I'm just saying. It's not this mind-blowing thing that he's sitting on the bench, right? Yeah, there's nothing really that he excels at at this point. And when you don't shoot, that's just really going to bring your box plus minus down because you're not contributing points through jumpers or hitting your shots. The other thing that jumps out to me as I look at this list is Jeff Teague, Tyus Jones, and Andrew Wiggins as 9, 10, and 11. Those are players that I thought we'd be relying on much more and Wiggins really hasn't been playing well lately and he's not the most efficient to start out so when he doesn't even crack the top 10 and this is just for box plus minus but it's an indicator that something's kind of up with his efficiency and how well he's been playing I don't know that he's ever going to be a hyper efficient player but I didn't think about that with Derrick Rose and he's vastly ahead of Wiggins by this metric so really interesting stuff to look at provide some Provide some good context. Yeah, you can't just let stats sit on their own, but I, like you said, they provide context and give an additional thing. And it's just looking in the past. So Okogi, I don't think going forward, will be our 13th of 16th best player, but it's nice to look in the rearview mirror every once in a while. Yeah, and I don't think James Nunnally is going to beat him out for much longer, but he's been, you know, he's all right. So yeah, good, yeah. For, good for him to have his stake his territory on that 12th spot. Mm-hmm. Overall, though, Noah, how would you say that the the team's been doing um you've got some stuff on strength of schedule and yeah i don't, don't want to keep hammering these too hard but it's all looking in the rearview mirror but 
19th in SRS, which is, as we said before, accounts for strength of schedule and margin of victory. We're, we're getting better in the past. And I, I am waiting for the moment where we match up with what we're predicted to do in the future with what we've done in the past. Because it, at some point, you'd like those to meet, right? Yeah, those stats to bear out. If, at looking back, you want to see two and one weeks, three and no weeks, so that you can live up to what you're predicted to do in the end. And I think we're we're creeping towards that. We're definitely trending towards that, which is good. Well, yeah, and I'm just worried about your sanity if these numbers <laughs> and how the real thing, you know, I get texts in the middle of the night like, hey, our SRS is at this. Yeah, and I'm like, they're just stats. They're just predictions. It's okay. Sorry, what did yeah. I cut you off? No, there? no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll fly over these. But the big one I want to highlight is that we're 29th in attendance now. So throw a party, go out in the streets, celebrate. We're not 30th in attendance anymore. I think people are going to our games a little more. There's some excitement around Jimmy leaving, fun players coming in, and just less drama and more basketball, right? Yeah, I've got a great way to celebrate. Go to a Timberwolves game. Ooh, Yeah, celebrate the Wolves with some more Wolves. Good to see the Target Center get a little bit more packed. Um, yeah, and the general consensus with a lot of the team stats I put here is we've been poor at shooting this year, but we've been creating second chance points through turnovers, rebounds, and getting to the line. So I think shots can be streaky right shooting can be streaky so if we can sort of streak up and we align it with all these other things that we're doing things will start to click yeah and not like they're not clicking we got a two in one week behind us and i think a roadmap for a tough week ahead of us for sure um we got the calves um that's supposed to be a 64 percent chance of picking up that win um the spurs 73 percent chance and the Celtics, uh, which is a 64% chance. Noah, why why are we so why do we have such a good chance against the Celtics? Aren't they like the best team ever? Yeah, I think what goes into that is the Celtics are coming from the road to us, so back to back, both on the road, which in those models is a lot for travel, rest, and back to back sort of knock them down a bit. Are yeah, there so any... the Cavs away and the Celtics at home are the same chance to win. Yeah. yeah. Is, that doesn't in your mind you wouldn't think. It kind of captures the home court advantage. Are there any elevation changes that we should be thinking about? I know Kyrie I actually Irving. do know that those models actually account for uh, Denver and Utah, but it's for all other teams. I think it's negligible. Gotcha. For cities that are near a major river, that's <laughs> a big advantage for the water quality. Cities. Yeah. Did you see, this wasn't in our notes, by the way, so brace yourself. Did you see the video of Kyrie Irving like levitating left and right at like a 45 degree angle? No, I did not. Okay, you need to check that out. I think I'm a flat earther now because he was just like tipping himself towards the side and for sure got to at least 180 degrees would be lying on the floor. So let's just say 73 degrees or something like that. It was it was absolutely wild. Highlights over a podcast. What more could you ask for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So watch out for that when, when we play the Celtics on Saturday. I think easily we should be able to pick up the Cavs game. I'm nervous about the other ones, but... Like you said, that that SRS needs to eventually meet predicted value. Yeah, I think two wins is sort of the the median expectation for the week. So see where we can go from there. And I think we still have a shot at the playoffs going forward. And, but it's time to sort of buckle down and prove it, right? Yeah, good good call. With that, how how.